the film series that won't die to nearly 30 movies, one house, actually several houses, and cursed artifacts. The Amityville Horror Podcast. Hey, hello and welcome back to the Amityville Horror Podcast. I am Tom. And I am Patrick. This week we're watching the Amityville Playhouse. That is to say, there is a playhouse in Amityville, and according to the little blurb, somebody in this movie has a disturbing secret to the Amityville house. Wait, keeping secrets in a theater company? I know, it's weird. Oh. You know, it's definitely not like the cattiness that I was had come to expect. Pretty and, much, yeah. You know, and that's... Amdram. Yeah, and that's even you know in sub pockets before you get to all the you know tech crew versus actors. Yeah. Yep. 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 Yeah. I remember high school. Yeah. (laughs) That divide never made sense to me. I was like, we're both, we're we're all in theater. We're all doing a thing together. To yeah. Just in high school, you just kept everybody gravitates to some sort of group. Yeah, I agree. Like at the time, I was very much into. Now I'm techie. I'm not an actor. Uh, In retrospect, why? What is this? Yeah. So many things in high school were just like that was a stupid thing you were doing. Yeah. I'm glad you're not doing it anymore. I think it was senior year because of schedule on. I was in plays at other schools, so at my school, all I had time for to hang out with my friends was tech crew Mm -hmm. so I wound up doing both and realizing like oh we just all need to come together like we all like huffing glade potpourri we all like um Taco Bell. We sure. all like in you know, high school. You're stuff. the theater nerds, regardless of what role you play. Yeah, we're all, we all have a bootleg of Rocky Horror, and yeah. we can all go to Denny's after. Yeah, good times. Yeah. So hopefully these people at least have that before they die horrible, horrible deaths. Yeah. Which hopefully they do. The last few have not really been great body count wise because no. they can't really do a lot. Which is a shame, because they're also some of the least sympathetic characters. Yes. And very poorly acted. Because, yeah. Okay, well, this one is set in the theater, so we may get to see good acting, or at least layers of bad. Yeah, it's like good actors trying to act bad, or bad actors trying to act good. It's going to be in a weird, nebulous region. Yeah. But, yeah. And having just rewatched Barry... Mm. Um, having good actors playing bad actors occasionally being good but within shades like it's never going to get more masterful than that show I think probably not I still need to watch that one it's Uh, amazing fair that is what I hear Mm -hmm. there's not a lot of horror movies set in like stage theaters yeah like it, usually you get like the horror movie like a movie theater is right, like, like where the meta stuff happens yeah you get like popcorn or mm, the blob the blob, or the blob uh, remake or Dimani yeah uh, and um, uh, popcorn's good though popcorn's, pop- popcorn's good for super that. fun and yeah I did that triple feature of the horror movie in movie theaters which was yeah the blob Dimani I don't think I had seen Popcorn at the time, so I think I had another one in there. One of my all-time favorite taglines, buy a bag, go home in a box. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah, that one. Popcorn has so many good ideas, but none of them really connected together to make, like, the franchise that they clearly wanted to make. 
Yeah. And also, didn't the main guy, didn't the mo- the the guy, actor playing the monster die like within a couple of years? Within a few years, uh, it was Tom Villard. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a uh, bit part in Grease too. Oh, I'm gonna throw up during mm-hmm. reproduction. Mm-hmm. Um, he was one of the Stork Brothers in One Crazy Summer, so oh. that registered with me. Nice. Um, then he was on this show, We've Got It Made, mm-hmm. with Terry Copley from Transylvania Twist. No. Okay. Um, I know a lot about Tom Lord, apparently. Apparently, um, yeah. But, yeah, uh, in the early 90s, uh, passed away due to AIDS-related yeah. complications. Yeah, that's a bummer. He was pretty good. He was. He, he could have been, like, was, another Freddy Krueger sort of thing. Yeah. It was, I mean, that movie stands out as one of his less comedic well-known roles. Yeah, no, so. it's good. But, oh, baby, I love me some Demani. Mm-hmm. The first Demons movie is just the best. Yeah, it's pretty nutty. remake. That blob remake is really something. Yeah, that's, that was yeah. Uh, one of Frank Darabont's first projects. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Chuck Russell. Yeah, 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 yeah. S- such a that's such a good pairing of yeah. guys together. Like, you get like they're, they're on, on Nightmare on Elm Street three. Right. They, yeah. yeah, they worked on both of those together. Yeah. Um, then Chuck Russell went the route of Eraser and The Mask. Mm-hmm. Hey, oh, he yeah, did the, the mask, mask first. The, the mask. mask first. Eraser. Oh, I look. I can't argue with anybody that complains about anything in Eraser. Mm-hmm. I will say Eraser does have a scene where Arnie plays chicken in a parachute against a 747 and wins. It is the only justification for this movie to exist. Yeah. The but movie actually negates movie. its own existence about an act in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, somebody's location is tracked to a basic pager, which yeah. is a receiving device only. And I just was like, I'm... Nothing else happened. Like, I'm usually pretty good about suspension of disbelief and all that. No. But they really wanted to sound smart about doing it, and it just got under my skin. I'm like, no, you have absolutely just ruined your own story. Yep. You could have asked. It was maybe 10 people, and one of them would have said, you know, that doesn't work. How about you just give them a cell phone or another device, or you say it was bugged? Like, literally, you could have done anything to fix this. Arnie is in a parachute and is half-drugged, he starts shooting the 747 with a handgun, and the 747 swerves out of his way. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah. And terrible. Yeah. But, yeah, but the, yeah, that was uh, Chuck Russell, or Charles Russell, I think. Late. He starts out as Chuck, but then yeah. lay, in later films he's Charles, which is fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas Frank Darabont has... It's weird. He had, like it's if you want to look at a guy who's the epitome of quality versus quantity, mm-hmm. he has not made that many things screenwriting or directing wise, but all of them are at least good. Yeah, like even Buried Alive. I love that the you the old you made for the USA Television Network Buried Alive. That is on DVD and possibly Blu-ray. Oh. Because it's Frank Darabont and it's great. That was a different that that was a triple feature I did the um uh Tales from the Crypt movies that weren't the Tales from the Crypt movies. Okay, so like Frighteners? The Frighteners, Buried Alive, and Death Becomes Her. Things oh, that right, were like right, clearly right. like if not specifically started out as an episode of Tales from the mm-hmm. Crypt, were had so many people 
that were working on Tales from the Crypt. Yeah. That, like, yeah, this is just, this would be a Tales from the Crypt movie. Yeah, I think uh, Zemeckis was starting to get a mm-hmm. sense of how that franchise could go when yeah. Warner Brothers started meddling with uh, Bordello of Blood. Yeah. Because, um, like, Demon Knight was Demon such Knight's, a great launch for it. Demon Knight was perfect. Yeah. It still is perfect. Bordello of Blood, I will not say it's good. I will say that I love it. Uh, Start to finish. <laughs> I love... I have an early draft of the script before... Uh, I can't remember who some of the later writers were. But I have an early draft that was just the Zemeckis Gale hmm. pass. And it's so much fun. And then when I saw the movie, I'm like, oh, you rewrote out all of the good gags you t- really like there were so many just fun bits and over the top gore bits mm-hmm. and like it was just it was full on crazy and the movie that came out I felt like was just so watered down I could see that yeah but it's interesting I, w- I want to see that script now yeah it's still uh, fun though yeah <laughs> it's, but it's no frighteners or no, becomes no it is not no right. no it is not either of those yeah but and they were I know yeah Frighteners was very specifically commissioned as a yeah yeah, a Tales from the Crypt thing and like Buried Alive it's I mean Frank Darabont was a regular writer on the Tales from the Crypt show Mm -hmm. adapting the stuff and I think he directed at least one probably yeah they they were really good on that show about letting people try directing for an episode because it doesn't affect anything yeah no it's a half hour on HBO nobody cares yeah you let you know you let, like, Tom Hanks direct for the first time. Yeah. You let, uh, not a bad Michael J. Fox directed one. Um, also not a bad episode. Yeah. There's, I mean, don't get me wrong. When it hits its nadir, it's pretty low. But there's yeah. so many. Uh, there's, like, the first three seasons are just solid. Oh, God, yeah. And then, like, four, you start getting into some problems. Five, we're very much in the tank and it went seven didn't it I think they went seven um but then like not counting the UK season no I think it's seven including the UK season and then like because I like that in them like season six was so bad it's like we gotta do something Mm -hmm. and so they just shipped it to England and then there's a lot of voices over there there's a lot of great stuff yeah and I really feel like that whole production team, Zemeckis, um, Walter Hill, Joel Silver, Joel Silver, Richard Donner. Yeah, they were using it as a recruitment tool um, to find yeah new writers, new directors, yeah. new people. Like as they moved more into the producing, you know, part of their career. Yeah, yeah. And all of this, uh, gentle listeners, as you're well aware, has nothing to do with Amityville Playhouse, yeah. the movie we're actually going to watch, which yeah. we should just actually just watch it now, because right. we have nothing to talk about. about yeah. it. I will say, not a horror movie, but Frank Darabont had the Majestic, oh, that's movie theater. Yep, movie theater, house. movie theater. Not a playhouse. <laughs> all right, we will try and brainstorm other... Yeah. Bucket of Blood. No. No. That's more of a nightclub. Yeah, that's not a theater at all. It's a coffee shop that that does uh, beat poetry. Yeah, 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 yeah. Son of a... Yeah, I I think, like, The Sixth Sense has the the school's theater. Yeah. And you see, like, some hanged people. Yeah. But uh, it's weird that you wouldn't, like... Considering it's such like a regular short story trope, like mm-hmm. the haunted a haunted theater, you would yeah. think there would be more movies about it. Yeah, um, Scream Two. Scream yeah. Two has a big theater yeah. department subplot. It is really terrible. 
Oh, I disagree. Yeah, well, we disagree about all of the Scream sequels. That is true. Because you love three. I really don't. <laughs> I don't like any of them. Right, I don't like any of them. Scream. Scream the one. That's it. And then everything else is just crap. Yeah, I said it. Shut up. <laughs> well, let's see how this one turns out. Well, we're back. That was... Normally, I would say that was something, but that was a lot of nothing. Yep. There was, um... Gentle listeners, we nearly fell asleep. Yeah, separately. this movie. <laughs> there were times where I would make a joke or a comment, yeah. and Tom would... Uh, I'm sorry, I completely checked out on this scene. Yeah. And vice versa, I, I definitely... Luckily, we were spooning, so we kept waking each other up. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it's the best way to be able to see the TV at once. I mean, yeah. it's just the way it's set up. Yeah. So, Amityville Playhouse. You know, just first impression, I have never seen a movie make less use of an interesting space. Mm-hmm. You, you're setting it in a borderline, not a man, a disused local movie or uh, theater, uh, yeah. stage theater. Um, and it's, at times, it was an opera house. Yeah. Um, but the marquee shows that most recently it was a porn theater. Yeah. Yeah, but also like maybe like a uh, local venue for musical acts and stuff. Yeah, but yeah, it, there were mu- there were live show Skull Crusher. Yeah, Skull Crusher as a musical act. There was a poster up, uh, rocking since nineteen eighty nine. Yeah. Um, then there were sh- uh, there was a play called Murder. Oh, Love Meets Murder. Love Meets Murder. Um, that is a title. Yeah. Um, if you want to use it, I'm sure it can't be copywritten because it's no. so completely bland and generic. Yeah. But but through most of the movie, they're just running around in these dark rooms. But none of them, none of the characters have any th- sort of a theater background, or it's just it, it, it's a backdrop that is pointless. And I actually like throughout the whole movie, you get the feeling that this was a movie that should have taken place at a campsite. Or some mm-hmm. sort of like wilderness trip, but uh, we put this in a theater and mm-hmm. we did nothing with it. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. Amityville Playhouse is the story of Fawn Merriman, and uh, her parents recently died in a horrible fire mm-hmm. and left her this theater in a different town. She lives in the town of Danamora, where she goes to Danamora High School with. Uh, her geography teacher, uh, Mr. Victor Stewart, played by our co-writer and director, uh, John R. Walker, who is English, which is fun because the movie is in Canada with varying wild different Canadian accents. Yeah. Also some English put in there. So she's inherited this theater and her sort of boyfriend has convinced her to take the weekend to drive over to Amityville, which is they they, they make it sound like it's supposedly like the next town over. Except that it's also so far that they don't know anything about it. Yeah, it, this is but, like a, this is like a weekend trip. We have to drive there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it seems like they don't know much about the town or even 
Like, she doesn't know that this theater was in the family or that the family had come from Amityville. Nope. Um, Just, yeah, this was left to you. And a lawyer, who I'm guessing was probably the family attorney or something. Yes. Well, she's uh, in on it. You see her in the crowd scenes at the end. Right. But she does say multiple times in the scene where she's saying, you have this theater. I can sell it right now. I could sell it on the spot right now you don't have to go there you don't have to check it out sight unseen you can just say here I sign this piece of paperwork and and you give give me the money when it's sold and therefore nothing like basically giving her every out yes which is weird considering it seems to be the town's plan to get all the people there for a sacrifice but we'll get into those inconsistencies later so Fawn and her boyfriend Kyle go to the theater and they meet up with uh, Kyle's brother of indeterminate age difference. Not sure. Yeah. They, they make enough jokes that you don't know if it's younger or older brother. Right. Uh, her Fawn's friend Indy. And then this other guy named Matt who we don't know how he relates to anybody. I would describe these people as friends, except none of them are friends. They are all to a person yelling at each other and complaining about everything from minute one. Everyone is basically a petulant teenager in their dialogue, just sarcastic, um, mocking. What do you mean, this? Oh, yeah, except, yeah, Kyle. Oh, my God. Kyle serves the function of echoing the screenplay. Um, somebody asks a question. Um, what was that noise? What, what you, noise? What do you mean, noise? Well, what do you mean, what? I think that was literally a line. Yeah. It's like, what was that? What do you mean, what? Oh. Well, if I knew what it was, I wouldn't have to say, what do you mean, what? Oh, my God. It's terrible. Yeah. This is terrible. He literally either asks, what do you mean, blank, about something that just happened, or he openly just repeats the thing they said, but only maybe three times in the movie does he say anything that's his own thought. And usually it's, yes, that would be the logical thing to do in this situation. Let's leave. Or if it were intentional, maybe we could say he's some sort of reference to, like, the Greek chorus. Since it's a, it takes place in a theater. Yeah. But there's no way. There's, there's, there's just no way. not. Because the Greek chorus usually informs the audience. And yeah. this guy literally is saying, oh, no, an additional character is confused about the situation. Thank you for spending time with us. Yes. Uh, so in comparison to the last few movies, it... The, the quality of the filming is kind of nicer. Like, you can actually see the things right better. It's... And most importantly, in comparison to the movie that Patrick made us watch last week, this was intended to be an Amityville film, and so it's kind of nice seeing Amityville signage everywhere. Right. But... <laughs> It is an Amityville movie in that there is Amityville signage everywhere. Oh, okay, you know what? I was going to say that's about it. But no, they do have the fly buzzing. Yep, the, the, they the say the phrase, get out. Yep. And they, they, they make references to like, the caves and the, like, cave the ritualistic sacrifices. Mm-hmm. Uh, the treatment of Native Americans on the land before the town was built. So yes, this one does yeah. own the Amityville. Yeah, and again, we got to apologize throughout 
most of this episode, we, honest to God, are not trying to sound this slapdash and all over the place, but one, there is no coherence to this film, and two, we are very, very tired from watching it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they get there, they immediately get locked in, and... Uh, Jesus, and then stuff. I, I was gonna say stuff happens, but nothing happens. Nothing happens for a long time, uh, but we cut around all of the nothing happening. Okay. Oh, um, <laughs> like Kyle, who is described at the beginning as being the devious one, keeps playing his trickster demon games of asking what's going on. Yeah. Jevin. Um, yeah. Is just loud and obnoxious. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, and. Go ahead. Oh. No, please. Um, they they continually drop pop culture references, Ooh. and this this came out in 2015. I know that getting up to some parts of Canada uh, can be difficult, and I know not everything is run with Cox or Charter um, cable, or depending yeah. which province sure, yeah, sure. which province you're in. But the references they make are. Okay, Morticia Adams. That's an evergreen reference. Sure. That's... However, there's an extended reference to Beavis and Butthead. Uh-huh. As if this is current and or yeah. what the kids would be talking about. Yeah. And in 2015. Like, heavily in one scene, but then it continues to come up through the whole thing. Somebody legitimately thought, this is clever. I'm going to keep naming the same... 20-year-old MTV cartoon. Yes. And that person was uh, John R. Walker playing Victor Stewart, who, at the beginning of the film, when Fawn describes this inheriting this theater in Amityville, which she doesn't know anything about, he's like, oh, well, maybe I'll go research it. That'll be my weekend. Because apparently Mr. Stewart has the saddest life and has yeah. nothing better to do with his weekend than drop mm-hmm. everything and research something that one of his students is, uh, you know, dealing with. And so all the movie keeps getting intercut with shots of him driving around and doing research. Mm-hmm. And it's not full Manos, Hands of Fate level driving, but it's like, hey, we're just driving. Yeah. No information is being presented. Nobody's talking. He's not even, like, describing the stuff that he's been researching. He's just driving. Yeah, we get basically, I think when he got into town, he figured he'd start shooting some of the movie since he's playing the teacher. Yeah. And so he just got a friend to set up the camera here and there and just knocked out a ton of these scenes. Uh, I feel like we should just cover most of his journey before the tail end. Sure. Just to knock it out, because most of it is, in fact, driving. Uh, the Mystery <laughs> Science Theater guys and Rift Tracks and whatnot um, have said many a time, this the absolute sign of a quality film is how much time they spend driving without any dialogue. No dialogue. Um, in the car, show the guy in the rear view... Getting out of the yeah. car, parking, parking, getting out of the car, getting back into the car. A lot of driving. And he has this open weekend. Uh, his name is Mr. Stewart. He Mr. is a confirmed Stewart. bachelor, much like uh, Mr. Stewart from Grease 2, played by Tab Hunter. Sure, sure. Um, they're just they're guys that have a weekend to kill. Um, and He's a geography teacher as well, so mm-hmm. it's not even... It's not like he's a local historian. He is English. We get a, an extended flashback scene to his uh, last day in England before he moved to America, where we have a uh, an extended 
debate between the role of science versus religion in modern society that is never even remotely touched upon again. No, it's just a long discussion between he and a bartender about two other friends of theirs that are at the bar down, you know, sitting over having some lunch. The vicar and the paleontologist. Yep. Which, How man, can they get along? That would I be mean, a great title for a movie and or a stage play that mm-hmm. I would like to see. The vicar yep. and the paleontologist. Yeah. They discuss how could they be friends? How can they line up the fact that five days a week, you know, you know, they teach science and then on the weekends they teach that the world was created in seven days. And they have this conversation about how could they get along like this? Well, and then they he says, Well, why don't I go and ask? And then we cut back to the other part of the movie, and when they go back, they're having completely other conversations. We never actually get that conversation. They just have a meeting to have a meeting about planning the meeting. Yep. And then when we cut back to that conversation, this other person shows up that apparently everybody hates. But I'm going to be completely honest. I completely checked out while they were talking, and I have no idea what they were talking about. Oh, God. Um, Yeah. Find it in your notes. It might be in here, but it really was just completely... Nothing. Uh, for a couple, they cut back to him a couple times. Yeah, I did find there is one conversation they had that relates back to Amityville. Uh, I was distracted at first while they were still on fluff yeah. about how it looks like everyone in the group was allergic to the beer they were drinking. Yes, um, they all have very hearts. flush, very yeah, ivy yeah, like it's unnerving. Um, yes. But they're having a conversation about how. One person says the UK is the greatest country on yeah, earth. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. others are saying no, the United States wound up taking that mantle, but oh, they're not as old of a country. And we were the ones, you know, in the UK who came over and brought smallpox and mistreated Native Americans, and you should respect their history, and they have a rich legacy. And all of this talk of Native American culture is basically given to us one because it sort of ties to some of the themes of the other ones yes it does but also because it's right before he finally at three quarters of the way into the movie at least he gets into the library now again he is doing we have to explain this yeah his arc is that he is researching this he has the fullest arc of any of these characters and this and and he has the fullest arc, and his arc is no. that he basically, for three quarters of the movie, drives back and forth to places where he can't get information. Yeah. He goes to the library, and it's locked. Well, for, he first, goes, first, he goes to the local bookstore. Mm-hmm, uh, where we have an extended in Danamora, scene. In Danamora, which yeah. like the town that they're from, uh, he there's an extended scene of him looking for a book about local history for Amityville. And the... And, Right, uh, I I just said, why don't you try the library? And I say this right before the bookstore owner says, why don't you try the library? Yeah. And so then we see him go back home, pack for the trip, and then drive to Amityville, which is apparently quite a ways away, Mm -hmm. go to the library, try to open the door when it is clearly marked as closed. And so... Since he has time, since like he has to wait until the next day, he checks. He tries to check into a motel. Oh my god! And we had to rewind the scene to try to make sense of what happens in the scene when he's checking into the hotel. Yeah, 
he goes up to the counter. Uh, there is an Asian man who yeah. has... Who is Canadian, because yeah. unless they have an English accent, they're Canadian. Well, he his accent definitely... He did have a, like a, a, a Hollywood a, Asian accent. Yeah. Um, and sounded, or at least, a, you know, had affectations that, he, that English was not a first language. Little Pigeon English. Um, and basically just keeps saying, no vacancies, no vacancies, no vacancies. Well, well, first, doesn't he, like, want to know, like, why do you, or first he tries to warn him off from You don't want to stay here. Yeah. Oh, Amityville? You don't want to stay here. Yeah. You need to stay away. Then he says, um, no vacancy, no vacancy. Then Mr. Stewart opens up his wallet and a la Jane Jetson, the hotel manager just takes all of the money out of his yeah, wallet. And just reaches in, him. pulls like a stack of like seven or eight twenties, just fans through them, smiles, and hands him the key. Yeah, which is an actual key, not like a card, but an right. actual key. But like, it's a several minute scene of him just being told, no vacancies, don't stay here, you don't want to stay here, here's all of my cash, Yeah. Here, here's your room. A, a scene that accomplishes so much. Yes. And then we get several scenes of him in the room reading through his books. Don't worry, folks at home. He's n- He never says anything in the room. Mm-hmm. He never says anything about the thing he's reading that could possibly progress the story, yeah. such as it is. Yeah, but I can't imagine there was anything in those books he was no. reading because he hasn't gotten into the library well, yet. Well, he got these two books from the bookstore. Yeah. And he's like really fervently reading through them. Mm-hmm. And then he gets, then he finally gets to the library where he gets nothing but attitude about, well, why do you want to know Amityville history? Yeah. He wants I mean, to- I'm sorry. The history section's over there. Yeah. But, like, he goes and looks around the library, yeah. then asks, and, the, yeah, the guy behind the counter flat out, like, why do you want to know our local history? Like, trying to be as ominous as this movie can pull off. Yeah. But why have the local history section if you're not going to offer it? You can just say, oh, we don't have that because we have tons of secrets. Yes. Or whatever. Like, and mind you, this all encompasses maybe ten minutes of actual screen time. Yeah, in a pepper through the entire forty-three movie. minute movie, but interspersed with that are these five teenagers that are literally doing nothing. They are stuck in this theater. They kind of half-heartedly first they're half-heartedly looking around to see like well, what kind of shape this theater is in because that's the story that we told Fawn that we're here to do even though yeah. the boyfriend really just wants to have sex with her and she is whinily saying that she's not going to have sex with her. Uh, well she whinily says everything. She whinily says everything. Literally anything it's, that she says that is just her core inflection. It is like the inverse of the people that get higher when they finish a, a statement, even though it's mm-hmm. not a question. Is that yeah, I've known but, some of those, but it's a lot just of them whining. from other parts of like, I don't know. But the sun looks really beautiful out, and the weather's really nice. That's how she Thanks talks. for driving. I'm so I'm so lucky to have you as a friend. Mm-hmm. All throughout the movie. Eventually, they realize that they're locked in, and then they sort of try to get out, but they sort of don't. They take they a break for They talk about lunch. talking about getting out. Yeah. They, we should try and get out. Well, let's fix something to eat first. Sure. Okay. Good call. We yeah. are hungry. We will think better. Okay, yeah. now let's figure out a way out. Well, 
let's actually play this Ouija board I brought because I brought it since we were here for the weekend. So instead of trying to escape this place where we're trapped, let's just do the stuff we already were planning on doing this weekend. Yes. And in between all of this, a, another teenager has miraculously, mysteriously appeared in the theater, uh, claiming to be a squatter, who is, of course, going to turn out to be a ghost. Yeah. Um, it's... Yes, that is a reveal. Yes, that is a spoiler. Really? Except that when it happens, it happens pretty much just, we're done with this character, so she says a thing, and then uh, somebody turns around and she's gone. Yeah. You never hear from her again. You never hear anything about her she again. She might not actually be a ghost. She might have just dipped out quick because she completely vanishes, not just from that character's perspective, but from the movie entirely. Yeah. Literally no mention of her whatsoever again. No explanation of who she actually was. My yeah. theory is that she is Fawn's, uh, the, the ghost of Fawn's older twin sister, which... Mm. Uh, but no, that's the other twist. No, oh, what's the other twist? Well... Well, let's well, let's come back to that because we have to build a. That's few things. who Andrea was. Andrea, uh, Adrian, yeah. Adrian. So oh, we so find the ghost. out, Fawn. Um, okay, Fawn didn't think that she had any brothers or sisters. Um, they have a conversation just to make sure. Do you have any brothers and sisters? And those in the room talk about it just to give an excuse that she yeah. says, "Nope, nope, nope." only child and then, then the teacher and then after Mr. Stewart can finish his, his research and finds out that there have been six people murdered every single year on the 13th of November every goes, single year every single year he goes to the police who laugh him who off screen the police laugh him out of the station so he goes to the mayor who is the actor in this movie yeah the person who delivers lines convincingly yes as if he knows the lines before the scene and has connected them to something to deliver them like dialogue. Regardless of whether or not they are nonsensical, which mm. most of them are. Mm -hmm. He explains that they have a deal. When Amityville was founded, there were sacrifices and or demons, and now we have to appease these six demons every year, a la Cabin in the Woods. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we've locked everybody in the, uh, the theater. And they're all going to be sacrificed for the demons. But Fawn's parents were in on this the entire time. Yeah, they owned the theater um, when Fawn and her twin sister were born. Yeah. Um, the decision was made to split off the firstborn because everybody in the town has sacrificed their firstborn to these demons over the years. And so, yeah, Fawn's older sister was born to, uh, 20 minutes 20 minutes ahead yeah um now the mayor does not initially volunteer all this information the teacher basically explains everything that he has found in his research which is the very base level um there's something spooky going on and there are these deaths yeah and the mayor no 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 okay you're right yeah. and then the teacher turns around and gets a uh, rifle butt to the face or something. Yep. He gets knocked out. Wakes, wakes up, up in handcuffs. He's handcuffed to a chair. The mayor is there with his security guy. And he says, hey, sorry about knocking you out. Here's an aspirin. So here's what's going on. Explains all of the demon stuff. Explains the town sacrifices. Explains 
just all of it. Yeah. Um, spoon feeds it to us. Yeah. And then pulls his gun out and shoots his security guy and then lets the teacher loose and says, now you've got to go help them. We which can't. means we just wasted however much time it took for the teacher to explain it where you were bluffing, yeah. how long the teacher was out cold, your full explanation for him to then say, but now you must rush and hurry to them. We can't do this anymore. This can't go on. And mm-hmm. I don't have time to explain why I've completely changed my mind. Yeah. After um, convincingly giving like a full five minute evil monologue speech yeah now he decides there's a sense of urgency he lets the teacher go um and then we hear from off screen that the mayor blows his brains out oh did we i forgot oh yeah oh, yeah um and now the teacher's <laughs> there are no loose plot threads now nope <laughs> teacher is running through town but all of the townspeople are just kind of st- Standing in the middle of the town, it like just scattered spooky. through. It could have been like a spooky moment where it's yeah. just like it's like a Wicker Man sort of thing, where it's like, like nope, Wicker Man the means whole like town some is of the, in on it. Um, what's it? Uh, Hobbs End from In the Mouth sure. of Madness. Sure, sure. There was a lot of that town type yeah. feel. But yeah, they're just standing there staring, and they let him get to the theater with the key to the city. Oh fuck! Right? <laughs> yes. Oh my god. <laughs> I completely forgot. I have a note here. I have it in giant letters on this thing. Um, the mayor gives the teacher the key to the city. It is imbued with magical properties. It, it is a novelty oversized key. That opens every door. And it is used once. It is used once. To get into the theater. But he literally has a key to the city that functions as a magical key to the city. And that's just... You, you just go with it at that point. Yeah. Um, he gets into the theater. And at this point, some of the teenagers have been killed and are appearing as apparitions. You can tell they're apparitions because they have really chalk gray yeah. makeup on their face. They, they look... They look kind of ashy. They look ashy. They did not moisturize that morning. Yeah. Um, that's, that's their... And then it turns out that they're actually on the demons and then they get better face makeup yeah it's um some some extra like you know crunchy um raspberry jam yep yep, yep. they let um, it dry on their faces right they let it like really clump well yeah. um they had blue contacts in so they're putting forth a lot more effort on the makeup at this point yeah um, we have let our bar just drift so low we're um, almost there. We're almost there, folks. Promise. Yeah. Oh, so they, um, yeah, so the demons. We need six. We need six bodies to die so the six demons can possess the bodies. Mm-hmm. And if they do, they will let the town live and or, by association, the world. Like, they, the mayor right. does imply that it's like, we're doing this to keep the world going, which is how you get the cabin in the woods. Yeah. Fire. But we've got, uh, five, we got three people dead. And uh, two and, people left. Yeah, the we've got Fawn and the teacher left, but uh, Wendy, the goth ghost, uh, yes. had let one of the guys Matt. out. Yeah. Uh, but the and, teacher immediately replaced him. Yeah. And, and then. The te- well, the teacher, the teacher had joined, so Matt went out. So you think, oh, now they don't have enough. 
But, aha, at the very beginning of the movie, uh, before the credits, a surveyor had gone in to survey the building, as surveyors do as part of surveying as a job. Yep. Don't look it up. It's totally true. Um, And... He died off screen as well. Yeah. He dropped his flashlight. Boop. Gone. Um, So we have have five. uh, We we, we have all six mm -hmm. that we would need. But luckily... The demons just up and let fawn and uh, the teacher go. Yeah, they just completely vanish. So yeah, the teacher had been like basically running around the theater trying to find everybody to get everybody together to go. And as they split up to look for each other, they're getting picked off, sort of ish. They just it doesn't matter arbitrarily. Um, and then he f- goes into the one makeup dressing room where carnival music starts oh, playing and the uh, mirror just uh, lights up for a bit of... For reasons. Fun? It's like, hey, we should have a scare in this purportedly scary yeah. movie. Well, you know what's fun? Bright, uh, bright, you know, rainbow lights and carnival music. Sure, sure. That's terrifying. To British people. I guess so. <laughs> um... But yeah, then he finds Fawn in a chair on the stage with a uh, very raccooned mascara. Yep, she's Tammy Faye it all mm-hmm. over the place. The demons give the monologue of whatever their goals and wants are, um, aspirations, um, favorite hobbies, all that kind of thing. Yeah, measurements. Yeah. And then, boop, they're gone. Then they're gone. And so the teacher and Fawn go to the front door, open it. The town people are just staring. Yeah. And the teacher tries to pull Fawn forward, says, Fawn, come with me. I think we can make it if we run. Yeah. We, we can get past them. And then Fawn pulls back her hair to show, like, some sort of lesion. Or a birthmark that was mentioned. Yeah, the birthmark. And uh, says, I'm Adrian. <gasps> Fawn is and or was possessed? the twin sister that she had. And we don't know if Fawn has been dead the whole time or Adrian had... Possessed her? Possessed her. Or if that was Fawn. Oh, at one point they f- see a body fall from a balcony and oh, see Fawn's body. Fawn. Okay. So maybe okay. Fawn died at the beginning of the movie and, and then, it's been the ghost the, twin the whole yeah, time. Yeah, it could be. Or... Actually, that that, make, that makes a lot of sense. I hate to say that. Yeah. That, that, that does that make might that, be that. That um, makes that make more sense. So Fawn dies... Like thirty minutes into the movie, and it's and Adrian. So yeah, we're the whole She's most of the, the movie. entire time, but does not have the goofy makeup effects. Otherwise, that would have given away the entire movie. Yeah, and Wendy is still this kind of free agent. No idea what's going. Yeah, on. we don't know where Wendy came from. We don't know why she was there. We don't know what her goals were. Um, we don't know what happened to her. She just was a ghost, and then she was gone. Yeah. Um, and then the movie ends. And then the movie ends. Like, it literally just cuts to black yeah. and then the title just, screen after she pulls back her hair and shows that she yeah. was Adrian. I'm Adrian. Boop, we're done. The Amityville Playhouse. Yeah. No. Hard rock. Credit music. This there, sucked. This was not good. This had a lot of the bad habits. We talked about the driving problems. The driving problems. Um, 
if you have in a script that you're writing, and this goes for everybody out there, um, if you're writing, you know, prose or, you know, stage plays, movies, whatever, and you include any variation of somebody explaining the rules of a situation, somebody says, oh, that's just like in the movies. Uh, no, this is real life. Oh. Go fuck yourself. Take it out of your script, but go fuck yourself. Um, it is a movie. You're writing a movie. You're not writing real life because nobody will say the thing that you just wanted them to say. So, no, take it out. Um, also, nothing bad is going to happen if I do the thing you're all advising me not to do. Just take it out. Take it out. Take it out. Doesn't need to be there. Everybody knows you're making bad decisions. Entertain us with them. Um, God, what else? There was just there was just ha- so much time. There's no motivation. Like, there's no real explanation for why they're going there in yeah. the first place. Like, because they keep like this. All of the things that they do, the interactions they have, the uh, thing, the, the exploring, the being stuck. This would all have worked in a camp situation and like an outdoors. Mm-hmm. We go on some sort of nature vacation thing. Yes, it's a movie theater or it's a theater that like. Mm-hmm. How is this like? Oh, we'll just camp out in the theater. No, this yeah. is we drive there, we take a look, and then we go back and leave because none of you are building inspectors, none of your realtors you can't assess mm. anything you, you just literally sell are, it. this is yeah. the stupidest thing there is zero reason for you to go there especially on your own as without teenagers. any experts as teenagers with a guy that you don't want to be with that your yeah. friends say you shouldn't be with yeah you've got this is a sex trip mm-hmm. if you don't want to have sex don't go on the trip yeah and this guy is completely unlikable yes he uh, he this literally Kyle, as yeah. opposed to his brother Jevin yeah like Jevin is the air quote charming one Ugh. in that he doesn't have nearly as monotone a delivery and he's not yelling as much yeah like Kyle somehow manages to yell completely flat and monotone. Yeah. What are you doing? Why are we always like this? What is, you know, what is that? No what much. do you mean by that? Like, just yeah. so completely flat. As opposed to Indy, who's always screaming as well, and it's just very annoying. Yeah. But she has she has urgency. She appears to be terrified. Mm-hmm. And she is correct. They should be terrified. They are locked in this weird theater for no reason. Yeah. Um, and then Fawn, most of her delivery is, again, like... Whining, whining. Whining, 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 and annoyed. But if you were to take, like... The wry delivery of Zoe Deschanel, but then run it through the Skexels, uh, you know, through the Dark Crystal, mm. and drain any essence or yeah. emotion out of it. So you just get none. Yeah, yeah. That's fun, fun pretty fact, much what you get if, out of her. If none of your actors sound like they want to be there, your audience is not going to feel like they want to be there either. Yeah. And also, have a point. Just, like, it's... I go back to, like, planes, trains, and automobiles. It's like, here's an idea. When you're telling a story, have a point. Mm -hmm. It makes it so much more enjoyable for the listener. 
Yeah. <laughs> Why are we here for these two hours? Okay, this yeah, it's a lot of fun and games. 43 minutes long. Oh my God. You don't care about anyone or anything, less yet understand half of what's going on for any reason, if there is a reason yeah. for so much of it. Like, I'm. I admittedly, I love cheesy movies. I love sure. budget movies. Uh, I have definitely been much more forgiving on a bunch of the ones we've watched already. Yes. Uh, we find we try we uh, go into these with the, uh, the 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 goal of finding the thing to love, finding mm-hmm. the thing to enjoy. There was really nothing in the like last week. We enjoyed Mister uh, what's his name, the the big white haired dude. Right, but that guy was fun in mm-hmm. a movie that was just balls to the wall stupid. There, there's yeah, no there was one character that was just a joy to watch. Yes, there there there's nothing fun about this movie. The one thing I will give this movie I will give it one yeah the key to the city that was that was hysterical that was like it's presented with no joke no winking to the camera it is just this key that is almost like it looks almost like a legend of zelda key right that's how like not meant to actually work in anything Mm -hmm. and it's presented to the teacher nobody in the scene seems to have any issues with it no the teacher doesn't look at it and say you can't like no like this is gonna work what this is a thing it's like trust me this is is Excalibur (laughs) yeah he's just here this is the key to the city it has it has magical properties go save the girl sure now this is also a teacher who we know he's a geography teacher which is mentioned so much I think they're trying to say that that means you're not a good teacher I I don't know like they say it in so many in high school this is an important subject Right, but the way they keep bringing it up yeah. is so specifically like, well, he's a geography teacher, so he's not really going to be able to figure out this thing. Or the, like, they're talking down about it somehow. Oh yes, and I understand he's not a very good geography teacher if when he got into the library he couldn't find the history section. Yeah. Which is clearly labeled by multiple large signs over top of all the books. Like, I don't trust any of the research he's doing in the first place. I'm no. amazed he got to the point where he had something to take to the mayor. And then he starts marking up the library books. Yeah, which means he probably is not familiar with libraries in general. No. He's probably a bad teacher. He's probably a bad teacher. He is. He That's also, why they kicked him out of England, and they could only get yeah. a job. It's like, oh, in no, no, state New York. Yeah, you have to go work in the American school systems. That's right. Um, they give we have some grades. great teachers out there, and thank you for your hard work. Oh, but we no, also yeah, have yeah, some no, terrible no. reputations around the world. Yeah, this guy's bad. Yeah, um, but he is he is a bad one. He is a not bad, the bad last. teacher. We'll see him. Which is yeah to move on to this one. This is weird. so so. John R. Walker, who plays Victor Stewart, the teacher, uh, this is one of three movies he's directed, uh, or actually uh, two movies and a couple episodes of a a TV show or web show called Tales from the Grave. His other movie is called uh, Ouija Geist. But we'll see him again in... uh, Yeah. Ouija Geist. Ouija Geist. You get it? You get it? Uh, we'll see him in a couple weeks because he plays a he is in Amityville Clown House uh, playing a character called Peter Summers 
And what's fun for us is that if you look on his IMDb page, this is apparently turned into his Walter Paisley role, where nice. he will be playing a character. Now, mind you, we haven't seen any of these, so we don't know if it's like an archival footage thing. Right. Or, or And is he playing the character the same way, so it yeah. is a recurring character? Or is it the Walter Paisley, uh, where Dick Miller has just named that? Yeah, they just as named a, that. Okay, we've got Dick Miller in here. So, That's what we're calling him. Exactly. So he will be play, uh, John R. Walker will be playing Peter Summers in Amityville Clown House, Ouija Geist, Tales from the Grave, uh, Meat Hook Massacre 4. Which um, I'd, I'd have to see the first three just to understand what's going on. I'm sure, sure, sure. Fright Vision, Arachnado, Zombie um, 8, Urban Decay. I'm going to move past the Zombie 8, but Arachnado. 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 It's, a, it's like a tornado, but with spiders. Uh, uh, I'm going to be looking that one up for uh, extracurricular viewing. Uh, well, you also want to look up Ebola Rex versus Murder Hornets. You are correct. I will be looking that up. And then a few episodes later, he'll pop up on the, on our podcast again in, in 2021's. 2021. This year. Amityville Hex. Uh, okay, that is coming up because yeah, I don't have that one yet. But I've been Jesus, and then that's he plays that's Peter now, Summers again. That and, will be the fourth or fifth one that's come out since we started recording these. Uh, yes. Oh, actually, I I, Maybe I, more. I think these are being these are listed out of order because there is also in 2021 there is Ebola Rex. Angry, uh, and then there's a movie called Ebola Rex, a separate movie called Angry Asian Murder Hornets, and then also Ebola Rex versus Murder Hornets. So I assume they come out in probably the reverse order than they yeah, here on sure. the IMDb. Right. But, and Ebola Rex is now available to rent on several formats. Oh, and, oh thank God. Uh, terror is Contagious. This is an interesting box art. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and oh, Sean Phillips. Oh, all right. So, in at least two more episodes, or two more episodes of this podcast, we will see John R. Walker playing his apparently his Hamlet, his Frankenstein, or his Dracula role. Uh, Peter Summers in Amityville Clown House and Amityville Hex. But mercifully, he is not behind the camera on either of those. So maybe they won't. Oh, God. Amityville Hex has the one, the only, Lloyd Kaufman. He was due to turn up in one of these. He was due to turn up in at least one of these. Yeah. Dear and God, he is also typically very good about um, oh, doing his cameos for free. Oh, he is a delight. Yeah. Uh, I, I welcome him in anything. But, yeah. Oh, Lordy. So, what you're saying is we might be in for it. Yes. Actually, Amityville Hex. I bet you in. Airway of Paranormal Death. Nah, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna read ahead. I'm not gonna read I ahead. Have no reading ahead. ahead. We uh, already know that uh, that was a 2021 one. And 2021. We've got, a, we've got a ways to get there. There's again like five, maybe six Amityville related movies that uh, from this year. But next week we are going to launch into 2016. Yeah. Which so far 
has the most Amityville movies released in a year. Six, I believe, were released in 2016. Six. And so we're going to be diving into those starting next week. Um, uh, This is Amityville Vanishing Point. Ah, gotcha. That was one of the tougher ones to track down, as was, honestly, um, this one today. Amityville Theater slash Amityville Playhouse. It was released under both names. Um... So it's a bother. tough one to track down. Yeah. Um, I don't believe it, it currently is on any streaming services, so you may need to try and find a DVD. Uh, I don't think it was ever put out on Blue, and I can't imagine why. Or, or you could just not watch it. That's you probably going to be your best it. option. Uh, I think uh, it's, The resale value for me was non-existent uh, resale value for me kind of uh, I'm going to call it a full Lutz I want I want <laughs> a loss I'm going to put a lawsuit out against oh, my, oh that Lutz like not only do I not want to ju- not only do I immediately just clear out the house abandon it yeah but I am going leave to take your, legal action yeah, yeah leave all your items and take legal action go yeah, full Lutz like, I thought you meant Lutz like on 30 Rock because oh, gotcha. I'm watching 30 Rock <laughs> But uh, yeah, the Lutzes. Jesus, because yeah. they were related to this thing when back it started. In, back back in, when yeah. we started this thing. Um, oh boy. Also, yeah. um, but don't bother with this one. But at the Walmart, uh, at the time of this recording, it's uh, the uh, mid September. So Walmart has all their spooky movies out. And they have a DVD three pack for $10 of the first three Amityville films. And I would highly recommend those. And that is a deal for like a good little multi movie mm-hmm. value pack that's a good deal yeah and again primarily for the second one the I second one is so good um we as the bar continues to drift lower and lower as Plummets. the sea level sea levels plummet we had traveling. um or well sorry lake levels plummet sea levels rising it's hard to keep track of it's fine yeah it's all but rich tapestry as everything um continues to get worse for us those first three actually you know what those first six yeah they were that was like an oasis yeah but we as were, they were getting goofier they were at least getting goofier they were they getting might, goofier yeah they had their problems but they stayed crazy yeah um and i think we've got some crazy ahead but right now we're in a very clown house yeah They'll blow it. Don't get me wrong, but their head's in the right place. Because mm-hmm. right now we're just stuck in unlikable people in one location. Nothing happening. The nothing bring happening me, is the thing uh, that's killing. Bring me the crazy. Yeah, yeah. Like have the unlikable characters. Have the poor actors. But you know, stuff, stuff happening. Yeah. This is the key. This is the key to these to to a good one. The ones that get remembered, the ones that are like, oh man, I was mm-hmm. just wasting time and I saw this and was like, oh, it turned out to be great. Yeah. Just like at the end of Ed Wood, this is the one they're going to remember you for. Yes, and maybe it's not for the best reasons, no. but they <laughs> are going to remember it. Yeah, nobody's yeah. remembering Amityville uh, Playhouse. Yeah. Playhouse. Not even Amityville Theater. Well, that's the thing. I think. At the on the end credits on the version we watched, it did say theater. I can't remember what it said at the beginning though. Yeah. But the box that I yeah, yeah. The, the box says playhouse. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, it's both. It was 
but it, I, yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, we're done. We're, we're done. done. We're, we're done. We're done with this Amityville vanishing point next week. Thank you again for listening. And uh, yeah, that's this is two that we took in a row for you guys. So you mm-hmm. don't have to do it. Oof. You're welcome. <laughs> See you next week. Get out. If you want to interact with us online, you can check us out on Instagram or Twitter at Amityville Show, or you can send us an email at podcastamityville at gmail.com. 